0: Man, saints! Please do grab a seat. For those who are new and visited. my name is David. I'm the the vicar here. Um, uh, it's my pleasure uh, to extend a warm welcome, the same as uh, as Ruth did. Just be at home with us today. We're a friendly bunch, well, we hope we are. We we don't bite. So. Um, uh, we're going to uh, look at God's Word now uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. We've got like a mini sermon series looking at uh, a couple of our values here at St. Peter's. They're just part of our DNA. Uh, our values are generosity, joy, compassion, and creativity. And so we're looking at generosity and joy and uh, and to look at these we, we we've uh, been diving into 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 so to uh, turn with me to chapters 8 and 9 it's on page 1162 1162 in our church bibles and we're going to read chapter 9 verses 6 to 15 just going to give you a moment to find it Actually, it's 1163. Saints, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things and at all times having all you need you will abound in every good work. As it is written he is scattered abroad his gifts to the poor his righteousness endures forever. Now that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else and in their prayers for you. The hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is God's word. Amen. What we give, we gain. What we give, we gain. A little question to start us off this morning. What does uh, Michael Caine, Bill Murray and Rowan Atkinson all have in common. What's that? Uh, do, no, wait, well, to be honest, they may well have the same birthday. Um, uh, it's an educated guess, uh, as ever by our quizmaster. Uh, but actually, the one thing I know that they do have in common is that they've all played that famous Dickens character, Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, Scrooge is uh, arguably uh, uh, one of the most famous uh, characters from English literature. Uh, he's so famous, in fact, that he's actually got uh, a, 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 a snail named after him. There's a snail in Fiji whose scientific name is Bar Humbug Yeah, from the English Bar Humbug. Um, so. There you go. So, the cautionary tale of Scrooge's near miss is a classic. You know, he's visited by the goats of goats. Um, no, he's not visited by any goats, although goats would give me nightmares. Um, so, he's visited by the goat. I think I'm more scared of goats than ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's visited by the, the ghosts of Christmas past, of present and of future. And he, he, he wakes up uh, 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 in, in his cold, lonely house. Uh, and after learning the important message, he rushes downstairs and he starts spending his money. And uh, the family of his poor clerk is sent a Goose. And he goes around for a meal with his nephew and celebrates wildly. You see, Scrooge is seen in this tale as gaining from what he gives. His life as a generous man makes him infinitely more richer because it's lived in community and relationships are restored and there is rejoicing in his generosity. What Scrooge gives away pales in comparison to what he gains. The world would have us believe Yeah, uh, that the the books always need to balance, you know, whatever you give away, you lose. You know, whatever, whatever person, uh, if one person gains, the other person has to lose. And this uh, economic theory is of no match for God's economics. In God's kingdoms, what we give, we gain. Our passage this morning uh, follows on from the passage we looked at uh, last Sunday, and the Apostle Paul, if you were here last Sunday, you will know that he is encouraging uh, the Christians at Corinth to follow through on their intention to take up an offering for the poor in Jerusalem. So there's the, there's the, the, the saints in Jerusalem that are facing a tough time, and he's encouraging the Christians in Corinth to, to follow through on their intention Um, to give to the poor in Jerusalem. And there's two broad themes I want to draw out uh, this morning. And those are sowing and reaping. So if we look at verses 6 to 9, it's all about sowing. And then verses 10 to 15, it's all about reaping. And the key to this passage is found in our first verse, our opening verse that we had this morning. And it contains these words, to sow and to reap. Verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this, saints, is a reversal of the world's way of thinking. Because the world's way of thinking is what we give away, what we don't keep to ourselves, we lose. It's no longer ours. But life teaches us, Indeed, the tale of Ebenezer Scrooge teaches us uh, that this is not always the case. There are times that you have to give in order to grow, there are times that you have to lose in order to gain. You know, any farmer will tell you that if you want to harvest, you have to scatter, you have to sow. And and when it comes to giving, we need to realise that we're not so much losing as we are sowing, or to use an analogy from from the markets, from the city, we're not so much giving away, we're investing. And this is how God's economy works. You know, we need to allow the Holy Spirit uh, to transform our way of thinking. No longer uh, will our question be, how much should I give? But rather it's, how much do I want to invest. How much do I want to invest? What we give, we gain. Moving on to our next verse, uh, verse 7, we come across these words, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And then in verse 9, we have a quote from uh, the Old Testament, uh, Psalm 112. And this Psalm, Psalm 112, which the apostle is pointing us to think about, it is a celebration of those who trust God the Lord, who live lives of generosity and mercy towards their neighbours and especially towards the poor. Just as when, it, when we read God loves a cheerful giver, it's pointing us back to, to Proverbs 22, this portrait of a, of a generous person. You see, Paul is inviting us to step into this biblical portrait and discover our identity. We are God's children and generosity is therefore part of our DNA. And God's been at work in your lives far before I came here. And so when I came here, I didn't think it would be a good idea to import the value of generosity into the church. It was here already. It was something that all I had to do was to listen. And generosity is part of our DNA. It's because it's who we are, because we share God's DNA we give because it's what we do it's who we are as God's children we bear the family resemblance our heavenly father is generous and therefore we too are generous now there's this man and he's waiting in the airport, and so he decides to. Uh, he's got a bit of time before his uh, flight leaves, and he needs to move to his gate, so he decides to buy himself a coffee and some donuts. And, uh, uh, and he's looking around for a place to sit, and he can't see anywhere. And so he, he eventually spots uh, a table, and there's only one guy in it, so he walks over to the table. Do you mind if I share a table? No, not a problem. He sits down, he puts his bags on the floor, he takes up his coat, puts it in the back of the chair, puts his uh, coffee uh, on the desk in front of him, he sits down. Uh, To relax, and then he takes a sip of his coffee and then he reaches forward uh, for one of his hard earned donuts. He's soon gonna be away, and so he sits there and, uh, and he's eating his donut. When the guy opposite him, can you believe the cheek? He reaches over and grabs a donut out of this guy's bag, and this guy is thinking, What? is the world coming to? I just cannot believe that the the cheek of this guy, you know, and and he, he, like, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, he gives him one of these, you know, if looks could kill stare, you know, it didn't seem to faze the guy at all, Uh, and then what he decides to do is go, okay, okay, I'm going to show him, picks up the bag of donuts, pulls it towards his side of the table, much more close to him this side, Um, and then grabs another donut, eats it, and turns away, puts his shoulder to him. Now, what happens next? Defies logic. The guy, the cheek of it. He gets up from his seat, reaches over, grabs the donut for the second time, gives the guy a big smile, yeah, and then sits back down and starts eating the donut. He, he just can't actually believe it he didn't want to confront the guy because he thought perhaps like something quite wrong with him but anyway um, eventually the table guest decides to get up and leave and the guy thought to himself you know good riddance you donut thief yeah get out of here Um, and then he glances to at his watch and he thinks uh, to himself it's also time for me to leave to the gate so off he goes he gets up he you know he puts back on his coat he goes to pick up his bag and there on top of his bag Is his bag of donuts. You know, he was complaining that the other man was stealing his donuts, but the truth is, the other man was sharing his donuts with him. Saints, listen God owns all the donuts. God owns all the donuts. You know, in Haggai 2, verse 8, we read this God declares, the silver is mine and the gold is mine and our giving our generosity simply is the expression of our theology if we understand that actually god owns all the donuts if we understand that we're just stewards of god's resources that all the silver and all the gold is is god's then this frees us to live lives of generosity it is through God's generosity in the first place that we have anything to be generous about. You know, it's because of God's generosity. Think about where we're born and, and the, 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 the things that we have available to us. It's through God's generosity we have anything to be generous with. We can be generous because he was first generous to us. You know, God's grace, his unmerited. This is what grace means. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. Uh, His love for us is infinite. God's grace to us isn't measured out singularly. He doesn't count it out. He isn't a bean counter. And and we who receive his generosity are to show generosity without measurement and without calculation. And saints, I want want us to know, you know, uh, there is no obligation to give. There is no obligation to be, to be generous. We do not live under law. We live under grace. But freely we have received, then freely we must give. It's, it's, not, it's not, we're not being forced into this. It's just, uh, it just God does it. God does it inside us. If we get how much he's given us, then we want to give. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because God is a cheerful giver. Only real appreciation of God's grace can prompt us to give cheerfully. Generosity and gratitude are are not optional extras that we can add on to our Christian lives. They are a natural response to God's grace and generosity to us. The God who gave us the Christmas child, the God who gave us the Easter saviour, The God who gave it all for us so that we can receive it all. You know, know, the worship song goes, freely you gave it all for us. Surrendered your life upon the cross. Great is your love poured out for us. This is our God. This is our God. Our God is a God of radical generosity. And he gave it all for us. He gave his life for us. And so no wonder if I skip forward to the very final verse of our passage today. No wonder Paul finishes this part of the letter by, by focusing our attention upon Jesus. He says this, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for Jesus, the gift that ignites it and inspires generosity within us, the gift of Jesus Christ, God's own son. And if, and if there's one thing I want you to get today, it's just how much God loves you and how much he gives to you, how much he laid his life down for you so that you may have life. And so, saints, what we give, we gain. Uh, and we've been looking uh, at the the why do we give? You know, we give because we're we're, we're uh, it's who we are. We, you know, it's part of our DNA. We are God's children. Uh, we give in response to God's generosity. And we've been looking at you know uh, not only the why, but also the how of, how do we give? Uh, we give generously and cheerfully. And we've also uh, we can also say how do we give? We give deliberately and freely and so we're going to dive back to where we picked up and now we're in verse seven we're to give deliberately each man and woman should give what he has decided in his heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion what he's decided in his heart we should give what we decided to give you see inward resolve must be followed by decisive and cheerful giving You know, know, good intentions are good intentions. They're good, but they need to be followed through. At some point, we do actually need need to actually put pen to paper or go, you know, whatever it is. We need to follow through. This is what Paul is addressing here. All of them says, who wants to give to the poor in Jerusalem? They all put their hands up but then none of them actually got round to actually going away and action it. You know, inward resolve needs to be followed by decisive and cheerful given It's deliberately, but notice we're not under compulsion. Do not give reluctantly. Do not give under compulsion. God knows our individual circumstances. We're facing a cost of living crisis. You know, many of us are are, 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 are having, you know, difficulties at work and there's financial insecurity. We're not meant to give under compulsion or reluctantly. God knows your circumstances. You see, God is not looking for those with the big wallets. He's looking for those with big hearts. God's got all the money he needs. All the silver and all the gold is his. Yeah, he's just looking for people with big hearts. Hearts of generosity and hearts of joy. And the two are linked together. Generosity and joy are linked together. And we're not to give deliberately. We're not only to give deliberately and to follow through on our good intentions. We're also to give freely. You know, as the Italian proverb goes, do good and care not to whom. Do good and care not to whom. You know, see in verse 9 on to verse 9 now, the generous person scatters his gifts abroad to the poor. You know, such people scatter their gifts freely. They're not too picky. They have no concept of, you know, they're the deserving poor that I'll give to them, but they're the undeserving poor. They don't deserve any generosity from me. You know, they, they, they scatter their gifts to the poor you know we've seen how verses 6 to 9 our first part addresses the, the why we sow and the how do we sow and now we're going to move on to verses 10 to 15 to address the what you know what do we reap you know what are the fruits of our giving what can we expect to see from the fruits of our giving you know there was a tv uh, radio not a tv so a radio evangelist uh, in the US who promised his listeners he says i'll tell you what by i promise you if you send me $20, God will give you back three times the amount. It was a talk show, so uh, one of his callers phoned up and uh, and he, he got on the uh, radio and he says, I'll tell you what, why don't you send each one of your listeners... Twenty dollars, and see if God will give you back three times the amount that you need. You say, you know, we're not in the prosperity gospel. We're not, we're not saying that, you know, give $20 and, you know, you're going to get 60 back. We can expect fruits when we sow generously, but not necessarily material fruits. You know, when we read in verse 11, we read this. We will be made rich in every way. You know we could just stay there and just say oh god god will give you he'll make you rich in every way if only you give no actually you know the promise is not giving so that you will get back rather it is giving so that you can get back yes so that you can give again you see god gives so that we can carry on being generous and when we carry on being generous Actually, it's good for us. It's healthy for us. It gives us more and more joy. So God gives us more stuff so we can give and carry on giving. Notice verse 11. You'll be made rich in every way. There's no full stop there. It isn't about giving and us getting back in order for us to keep. You'll be made rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. You see, it's not about material fruitfulness. It's about spiritual, emotional fruitfulness it's an invitation to join the fun to play a part in god's big story we've been called into god's big story and his story is to renew the face of maidenhead to renew the uk to transform the whole world you see what we give we gain There's a book uh, called The Golden Cow, uh, and John White, who's the author of the book, describes um, how a uh, a self-made Cantonese importer invited him and his wife to dinner one evening. And he writes this uh, in The Golden Cow. He writes this. His house was breathtaking, a fortress outside and all softness and luxury within. In the foyer stood an artificial tree, perhaps five feet high, whose leaves and flowers were exquisitely exquisitely fashioned from clusters of semi-precious stones. His tableware looked like solid gold, but we dared not ask. Our host was about 60 years old and displayed considerable knowledge of the Scripture. And yet as he talked. There was not a glow of joy about him. He told us that he'd planned to make enough money to spend his closing years serving the Lord, quote, without being a burden to anybody. And yet his tableware alone could have kept some of us going Christian work for quite a while. He never did get to serve the Lord. Riches had coiled like a living vine around his heart, slowly strangling his love for God and for God's people. You see, riches can strangle the joy out of us. You know, just as a, uh, I'm saying this, uh, uh, last summer I had to sort of, uh, two of our apple trees in our back garden had got vines growing around it. And so we ripped off, you know, the, the vines. We, we, it was hard work. The vines had, was suffocating both of our apple trees. And, and sadly, it killed one of our apple trees. You know, it just, it, it strangled the life out of it. But the other one, we managed to chisel off the, uh, the, chisel off the vine and it is alive and fruitful. You know, our passage do not allow things to strangle the life out of you, to strangle the joy out of you. Our passage today is an invitation from God to join the fun, to be a cheerful giver. We give what what we give, we gain, and as we sow, we are being made rich in every way. And secondly, it was what we sow results in thanksgiving to God. Because just as God is the source of all generosity, you know, he started it all off. He's the source of all generosity. But also, all generosity sort of points us back to Jesus. Three times in three verses we read how generous giving results in thanksgiving to God. Verse 11. Through, your gener- through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to To God. Generosity leads to thanksgiving to God. Verse twelve, this service you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, good in itself, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. And thirdly, verse thirteen men will praise God for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. Men will praise God. No. Uh, I I could give you a host uh, of examples where we've seen God's goodness come through in our lives. But one one such example was... uh uh, shortly before we moved to the uh, area, uh, we knew we were moving here, and b- both of our uh, youngest daughters were starting school. And uh, we travelled down from Chorleywood, that we was living, uh, to uh, Maidenhead. We visited the uniform shop in town, and we bought school uniform for our girls. But you know, to be honest, when we got there, it was quite eye-wateringly. You know, t- two girls starting new schools, uh, but we had no, le- we-, we had no real other option available to us. We we got what we needed. We got the bare essentials. Um, uh, but we drove home, and we were, you know, you know, Catherine wasn't working at the time. We were, we were more than a little concerned about the finances. And then the next day, you know, I was out at, at work. Catherine received a knock on the door. And uh, two ladies were there, two ladies that we didn't really know too well from church uh, at all. Uh, um, they, they didn't know us uh, too well. It was a large church that I served in. Um, uh, and these two ladies knocked on the door and had popped down to see Catherine. Um, and they said to Catherine, we know how expensive it, moving schools can be with, with, with children. And then they handed Catherine an envelope containing the exact same amount of money that we had spent the previous day on uniforms and God had obviously laid on their hearts a specific need that we had and only Catherine and myself and can I just say God knew our situation a coincidence that we got given an envelope with the same amount of money not likely did it result in thanksgiving to God absolutely and lastly, generosity forms a bond of affection and prayer between giver and recipient. Verse 14, and in their prayers for you, their hearts go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. You know, have you ever been a recipient of, of, of someone's generosity? You know, then their, in their prayers, their hearts go out to you. You know, Paul has covered a lot of uh, ground in these few verses, and so have we. You know, we, we've looked at um, the, the how. Sorry, the why we give because it's who we are as God's people, and also we give as a response to God's generosity. We've looked at also the how do we give? We give generously, and we give cheerfully. We give deliberately, but also we give freely. And we've looked at the what. What can we expect? Actually generosity is linked with joy they come hand in hand because when we give we get to join the fun we get to promote god's glory we get to meet human need and we get to deepen the bonds of community and affection and the key to all this is our opening verse remember this whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will reap generously What we give, we gain.